so I'm really excited. We have a first-time guest today, V. Walken, uh, joining us here. And as you know, listeners on the Blue Talks podcast, we like to get to know the Blue Talks speaker or author in question. Uh, so V, where I'd like to start is maybe I'll get you to tell us a little bit about your backstory uh, for those uh, listeners who may be discovering you for the very first time today. Okay, so obviously my name is V, and um, this is very new to me, so I am a little bit nervous about sharing my story, but um, I am a life and business coach, and I work with dental clinics, um, establishing policies, procedures, and um, building leaders in the dental clinic so the dental clinic can have uh, success. Um, I also do life coaching with clients one-on-one and help them to um, explore positive ways to create success in their life. And um, I was, um, you know, I've had a, a, a challenge in a lot of challenges in my life and I was adopted when I was uh, nine years old. So in, in the book, you'll get to hear my, my story. And I want to share this with people because um, I feel that it inspires people to know that they're not alone if they are adopted or they've been in those situations before or, and that they believe in themselves. So I, uh, I encourage you to read the book and read the chapter because I don't want to tell you all of it. <laughs> No, no, I, I, I totally get that. And, and, and yeah, I appreciate that as well, because uh, you're right. I mean, we got to leave some stuff for uh, the mystery uh, for those that are reading. And, and you know, you don't want to do an audio book before they actually read the book. But yeah. said that, uh, can you, I guess, tell us, we've had, in my, in my interviews over the years, I've interviewed uh, a number of people that were adopted. And so I'm always curious, how did you find out? And at the very same time, how big of an impact did it have on you when you found out? Like, was it a, uh, I expected this or a knock you over or a, uh, oh my God, this changes everything. I just love to get your, your inside your mindset at that time. Okay. So I would have been two years old when I originally got uh, apprehended from my biological family and they did try to put me and my brother back into the home a few times, but it was unsuccessful. And my biological parents tried really hard to, um, get us back, but they realized that they weren't able to take care of kids. So when I was four years old, I went to my adopted family, which was my foster home. And, um, I didn't actually get adopted till I was nine because it back then they didn't really encourage, um, foster families to adopt kids. You weren't really allowed to do foster to, to adopt. So they had to, pretty much do a lot of paperwork and fight for us. And it took till I was nine years old to get adopted by them. However, when I was going through my adoption, and this is in my chapter, I remember a specific story, an event that uh, really damaged me as a person. Um, and, and sometimes it really, um, you know, affects me. I just have to remind myself that that wasn't my fault. So when we were up for adoption, my brother and I would go to different homes. We would go to like um, the, the door and they, we'd say, hey, my name is Veronica. And we were little, little, little kids. And the door opened in this one, uh, from this one lady. And I'll never forget the woman's face. Um, the first woman was really nice, but the woman behind, she said, you guys are too dark. And she shut the door. 
Oh my gosh. And that day forward, my um, adopted mom, which was my foster mom at that time, she decided I am not allowing this and I am adopting you guys. You guys are my kids and that's it. I'm done with this. So she decided to take us. Wow. And <laughs> so then, uh, you know, if, if we go down that path a little bit, is, um, is that where you guys stayed then? And, yes. And we so did. Um, the, there was some challenges with the home and it did end up breaking down for, um, for myself and my brother and my other adopted sister. Um, you know, being, being kids, and this isn't no fault of her or myself, um, you know, when, when you're going through trauma and you have these things, sometimes your behaviors aren't always the best because you don't understand. And when I was that little, I didn't understand. I didn't know why I wasn't wanted. I didn't get it. It didn't make sense to me, right? So now that I'm older, you know, um, my, my adoptive family, I'm very appreciative of them and very happy they picked me and my brother. Um, we did have some challenges and I ended up leaving that home when I was 13. And I've been on my own pretty much ever since I was 13. So, wow. And so out of curiosity, um, if you're okay to, to share that, are you, do you still talk with them now or what's the Yes, very much so. I feel that my adopted family, they're human. They make mistakes too. We all do. And I know that my adopted mom did things out of a place of love, even though it hurt me when she let me go. Um, she did it out of a place of love with what she knew. And I learned that as I have been growing up and through my adulthood, because I'm a mom now, and you only do the best you can with what you know. And sometimes we make decisions that are out of a place of love and not hate because we really believe and have that strong value. So now I can understand her side of the story, but it still doesn't dismiss my side and how I, um, how it affected me. And, and so I can be really hard on myself because of these situations because I was too dark or I ran away and I wasn't forgiven for it and that kind of stuff. But in no way do I um, um, not love them. So they are very important to me and I'm very, very thankful that they did pick me. And now how about, do you feel um, being adopted, did that give you a certain strength that people may not have, that may not have went through that situation? Because I feel like um, it gets you it must get you to actually rise to the occasion of, you know, this happened in my life, but I'm not going to let it define me or, or does it define you? I don't, I don't know the answer to that actually. It, it does affect me. Um, I'm not going to say it doesn't because it, it's trauma, right? So you have to work hard at rewiring your brain. And sometimes, you know, um, I don't have the perfect way of reacting because I I'm watching for those red flags. I'm like, Oh, well they're going to reject me. So I'm not going to do this. But I'm changing the way that I look at things because, you know, if we look at it from the spectrum of um, a place that's positive, it helps you heal. And knowing that this happened, it's created who I am. And I'm a really strong individual. I, I sometimes am more independent than most and sometimes can't, don't want to lean on people. Like with my injury now, it's really hard, um, you know, to have leaned on somebody and allow somebody to take that because I'm so independent. Um, so it definitely created good qualities in me and some challenges for sure. But I lean more towards the good stuff that I learned because 
you know, um, if we focus on the negative, that's where we sit, right? Absolutely. And, and you're right. I mean, it's all about mindset. I, I really believe, I'm a firm believer that I put a post up not that long ago and I said, I really feel people always ask me, what's the definition, not even definition, but what is the thing I've no, noticed after all these interviews that has led to success for people? And I, I said, it came down to what I've seen almost always one word. And that one word is mindset. You know, their yeah. mindset was the difference between whether or not they succeeded or whether or not they dealt with the tough challenges that were presented to them and still was yeah. able to get back on the horse and all that kind of stuff. So I agree with you completely is that if I think if you swim in a negative mindset, then you're going to have, I hate to say this, but you're going to have bad things happen. Like, you know, yeah. and what bad things that that term is relative bad, but I mean, like if you're spending all your time in a negative mindset, then chances are you're going to say, why does life always do this to me? There's maybe a chance that because you're surrounding yourself with that negativity that you're drawing more of that in. Yeah. I don't know if everybody believes that, but I, I am a believer that um, whether we like to admit it or not, some of the reason we have these challenges today is from the decisions we made a year ago. And nobody wants to hear that because we don't want to feel we're responsible for that stuff. But I really feel it, it has to play a part. It does. And um, it, sh it shapes us and we have a choice. We can either let it affect us negatively. It will affect us negatively, of course, as you're rewiring it. But your mind plays tricks on you. Your mind creates um, thoughts and challenges. So you have to challenge those thoughts. Let them go through you and, and allow yourself to feel it, but use it as a stepping stool or a stepping stone to get better. You know, I could have allowed that to make me, uh, I could have went on the streets. I could have done drugs. Um, you know, I have experienced addiction in my life as well. And um, I haven't, I've been sober from that for many, many years. But, you know, I was in the self-destructive mode, but that doesn't change that doesn't change um, you if you if you continue being self-destructive. So the reality is you're in a situation, you know, I, I know that my parents love me and I forgive them. I know both of them do. And it would be selfish of me to say that they don't think of me every day because I know that that is a hard thing for a person to do. Walk away from your kids and say, hey, you know what? I'm not able to take care of you and I love you. And that's why I'm doing this. Right. So I want my adoptive mom to know that I love her regardless of how things went and my biological um, parents and family to know that I, I love them regardless. I forgive them. They're human. So and I, and I asked and I, I should make assumptions. I asked earlier if you're still in uh, if you still contact regularly. I was thinking with the adoptive parents. Are you in contact with both? Um, I don't actually talk much to my um, biological family. I sometimes do. My biological mom, no. Unfortunately, um, she stayed in a negative mindset and made the choice to allow it to ruin her life. And she's not in a place that's healthy at the particular time. I do love her through it, but um, I can't have that in my life. As hard as it is to say that, I have kids and... Um, it hurts to see her doing self-destruct herself. Yeah. I mean, and you have to make healthy decisions for you, right? It's not to say that you're saying bad about the other person. You're just saying, I have to make the decisions that serve me the best. And yeah. so now if we go to the other side, uh, being a mother now, and I'm just more curious than anything, um, because again, I'm thinking for that person that maybe is adopted and maybe they found out and this could serve them or help them. But I never thought about the perspective of 
telling your children I'm adopted? Like, is that something that you talk about openly in front of them or is I that Yeah, very much because I believe that being authentic, um, you know, helps our children. We're human and, and then maybe they understand why I, you know, am not always perfect or, you know, I'm, I'm real right? Um, I share it with everybody. I don't want to live my story, but I want people to understand and know that they are valuable if they have been through adoption or foster homes and these things. They don't have to be rejected or be something that they don't want. They can be anything they want. They just have to put their mind to it. So I share it with my kids. They know. And, you know, I think it makes them sad sometimes. And I did let my children meet, meet my bio mom uh, with me safely, of course. And um, they wanted to, they were curious. They want to know where I came from, who these people are and that kind of stuff. And, and I think, you know, it makes them sad, but the reality is out of all people in the world, I, I got picked. Somebody picked me. They didn't build me. They picked me. Hmm. There's a million kids under the sun and they picked me, my brother and my sister. Hmm. Wow. I love that. I've never, I've never heard a phrase that way before. They didn't build me, but they picked me. I love that. Yes, so did. now with your, your children, are they, are they, do they view uh, your adopted parents as their grandparents? Like, are they close yeah. to that too? Very much so. Yeah. My, my, Parents are very um, involved with my children and very supportive of them. And, you know, we've worked past our challenges and we've moved forward and they will always be my family and they will always be my kids' family. The, the thing is, I don't think they actually introduce us as adopted kids. I think they just say, these are my children. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if people know from their side because I have had it where, Oh, you look like your mom or you act like her. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And then I'm, they, I know they don't know, <laughs> you know, um, I definitely have a lot of her mannerisms and, um, yeah. So they, we are all in contact for sure. No, I, I love that. And, and I mean, I, I think it's important too for your children that they have the feeling that they have, grandparents and you know and in some ways they have it on both sides but I mean like you said if they've only met your biological mom through you and and just maybe once or twice or what have you I'm sure they wouldn't maybe view it as like this is my grandparents on a regular they basis don't. so that's they why them, right they, they do care because that's my bloodline but they, they don't they my adopted family they earned that mm -hmm. they, that's them and it would be so hurtful for them I think if I called the my biological parents mom and dad or if my kids called them grandpa and grandma because they left that right as hard as that is to say my adoptive parents earned that mm. so it's a respect that i have for them um even though my adopted mom had to make some hard decisions with me um and stick to them and maybe they weren't right maybe they were um yeah so i yeah. <laughs> well, no, and, and, and I mean, like I said, I'm just very intrigued by it because it's, it's something that if you're not in that, like if you're not, if you haven't lived it, you don't necessarily, uh, I'm always curious about how things are viewed and stuff. And the other thing I think sometimes get, that probably gets lost in the situation when it's adoptive parents and then the child finds out they were adopted and, and or their biological parents come into the picture. I think sometimes people forget about, the type of person it takes to actually adopt children and say that, you know what, 
these, these are going to become my children. Like these are, I'm going to take these on as my own, even though they didn't come out of my body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I'm sure there's people that don't understand adoption, never been adopted. They just say, Oh, they're not your kids, but I get, you adopted them though. Like they probably view it a different way. They but, do, yeah. but I, for the parents that have, that say, you know what? And there's various reasons as we know, maybe I can't have children or whatever the reason is. And they adopt a child or multiple children. I mean, I think it takes a special quality to do that. It does. And I think my adopted family, um, you know, they adopted three kids. They had three of their own. They had eight foster kids at one time. I mean, they, they stretched themselves thin because they wanted to save the entire world. They did things out of a place of love. I remember my dad telling me, my adopted dad telling me that um, he used to go to the mat store and take all these kids, Chinese, like from different backgrounds, and they'd be like, how many wives do you have? <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's, that's... He loved taking us to the store. He'd take us for Slurpees, you know, and they were both very proud of them. And every single kid that was in our home called them mom and dad. And they kept in contact with 90% of them. And like they I said, 25 foster kids. Wow. And like you say, 90% they're still in contact with regularly or contact with in general. They have contacted them and have been in contact. Yeah. And they, they, you know, um, they, they touched a lot of lives, but I do feel that my, you know, that they, they kind of took on too much because they wanted to save all the kids. Right. No, you know? I, I, yeah. And I totally get that. And, and I think, and, and there's a big part of that, right. With, if you're the type of person that is willing to adopt children and said, that's the direction I'm going. I think there's a part of it that once you get into that, probably, then you go, oh my gosh, I gave this child a home that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And I'm giving them shelter and, and, you know, maybe this saved them from a uh, much worse outcome. And yeah. then, well, now I want to do that for another child. And I could see how that would, you know, you would just want to do that as much as you can. Because yeah. you see, like, I think when you, when, once you get into the system, you see the repercussions of somebody not adopting a child and then being in the system for so long. So once you realize I saved them from being in that system for so long, it would be yeah. very, uh, it's probably so rewarding, the feeling you get that you want to help as many as you could. You do, yeah. And, and with my situation, um, you know, my, my adoptive family did break down. I ended up going into foster homes and group homes and different places. And I, my goal actually sharing this story is in hopes that any child or teenager or adult or anyone that is going through this, that they know that they can do anything that they want to and they can put their mind to it no matter what it's not their fault they are still lovable they're human and they can do whatever they put their mind to and that's that's kind of what i want that's why i want to share my story because i want people to know that they are valuable even if they make mistakes wow so as we wind down and it's it's wild i have um somebody in my network who uh shared his story and I didn't even realize he was adopted and his name is Anthony trucks and he's a former America uh, for he's an American Ninja warrior three times and a former NFL linebacker. And he was in fo the foster system and he was sharing with me the odds of him making it to the NFL. And now the American Ninja warrior probably happened. It helped that he was in the NFL to get there, but to get to the yeah. NFL, the first one, I think I forget what the odds are, but it's like, it's like the, you'd have probably a better chance of winning the lottery than his odds that he made 
to university and the NFL. And the, but, but I think the real message when you see what Anthony's done is, well, if he could do it, why can't I? In other words, like yeah. your point is that instead of for him, he said, I'm going to, regardless of where my, I started, I'm going to decide where I, I end up. And exactly. And that is in our power to do that. We can use it as a stepping stone. There is days, of course, we have fear and we, we can be pushed back, but sometimes you have to roll with that and then say, Hey, okay, I'm going to allow myself to grieve. I'm going to allow myself to be upset, but this is how long I'm going to do it. And now I'm going to push forward because guess what? Nobody can affect your life unless you allow them to in a bad way, right? Let them affect you in a positive way. So I try and look at things from both sides of the fence and in a very you know, healthy way. Um, I was also a teen mom. I had my first child at 17. I'm a grandma now and I chose to have my child, which I don't encourage teenagers to do, but I wanted to because I wanted somebody to love and I wanted to love them to love me unconditionally. And I don't regret it. She's a wonderful, um, girl, both my kids are, and I now have a grandchild. Um, you know, it was hard, but I, I'm now I'm young and I can be there for them. And I still became successful through all of that. All of it. It's, it's so wild. Uh, the differences in how people make those choices, because I, it's when you say that I think about us. So my girlfriend and I, uh, we have a three-year-old, but we also have a three-month-old. So I'm yeah, guessing that yeah. your grandchild is probably older than our child. My grandchild is five months old. <laughs> wow, so just barely, but, but you're beating us. But the, but the point is, is that I'm mid-40s. I'm 40 right now. <laughs> so well, there you go. I'm mid-40s, and yeah. you're already at grandchildren, and I'm literally at children, like barely into children, like in, <laughs> barely into that early developmental stage of children, like the, you know, the first, like they were just born. What, like they, they got the, what do they call it, the new car smell? Like yeah. that, that new and you're already at grandchildren. So you got, I mean, you're right. Like there's what I was getting at is that some people start early. Some people start in the middle. Some people start late. We start at late. So yeah, you could say, well, we had a lot of, you know, stuff, a lot of uh, freedom, if you will, early on. But now, you know, our children are going to be like, like when they're 20, I'm going to be like 65. Yeah. <laughs> my grandchildren, I'm going to be in like my 70s probably by the time my grandchildren are born. And whereas you get to, you know, you're still uh, younger than me and you're already at grandchildren. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a right or wrong. No, there isn't. It's about learning and being the best parent that you can be. And that's it. And raising kids that are strong and successful and independent and confident and being the best you can. And you can do that at any age. I don't encourage people to have kids at 17 because it's really hard. I mean, I, I remember standing in the grocery aisle going, hmm, I have $10, I need formula and food. Well, guess who gets formula? Not me, right? <laughs> yeah. I lived on ends meet. I made $973 a month. I still remember every single bill, 222 for rent, 167 for insurance, 110 for daycare because I was so broke. That, you that were. I had to sacrifice myself and <clears throat> I um, budget, had to budget. I had to because I, I, this little child was dependent on me and I had to be the best I could be for them. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's amazing. And I also, like I said, I, I think it's great that you now have all these years that, I mean, theoretically, you could be a great grandmother and still fairly young. 
And yeah, I'll be a great grandma probably when I'm 60. <laughs> yeah, so but think about that. You'll probably be a great grandma before I'm a grandfather. So, <laughs> so you, you get a lot more freedom in your life probably than we'll have. And having the grandkids, we see it through my mother and uh, my girlfriend's father. I mean, they have a totally different thing than we have. Like they get to pick them up, be the spoiling grandparents, and then just say, have fun kids and drive. That's what I get to do. <laughs> Trust me. But everybody, when I'm with my grandbaby, they they were like, oh, how's your, how old's your daughter? I'm like, oh, this is my granddaughter. She's five months. What? <laughs> because it's shocking that I'm so young having, having a grandbaby. But, you know, you can persevere through anything if you put your mind to it. Our mind will play tricks on us if you allow them, allow your mind to do that, which I, I do, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I go into fear, I go into negative, then that affects things, but you have to believe in yourself and do it. So true. So my last question, uh, I'll call it the unofficial one, but still important is V, where would you, if people do want to learn more about either you reach out to you, maybe they, they have a similar experience and they're wanting to maybe just reach out to somebody who's been through this. Where would you send them? Like, would you, Facebook or do you have a certain website? I have a Facebook page. Okay. It's called Foundations Coaching. And I also have a profile on there. And then I have an Instagram page. They can reach out to me on there. There's a website, but my website is, is not really tailored to the adoption piece. I'm changing things a little bit more, but they can go to my Facebook page and they can reach out to me at any time. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, v, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. And thank you for uh, being the type of person that has thrived through this so that you can help other people learn that it's okay. So thank you. Thank so much. you, Corey, very much. I appreciate you. <laughs>